0: Hello everybody and welcome to the latest edition of Saints Radio. I am so thankful for the opportunity to have this privilege to reach out to our Saints Network family, not only here in Dallas but in so many places throughout our state and throughout the world. So God bless you all and for those of you who may not be listening to this live. This is a program um, based in its intent upon just being able to talk to the Saints Network. We have lots of other programs where there are Bible teachings. We have lots of other programs where there is a whole lot of meat and uh, just a wonderful thing for people to study the Word and be instructed on things in the Spirit, but this was designed to just be able to come around the table with our saints' family and talk a bit. So, uh, it is also August 17th, for those of you who listen on archive, it should be very apparent to you what date it is if you just look, but for those of you who haven't looked, it's an August 17th broadcast. So, we have a lot of things to talk about today. I'm flying solo. Monica is in California today, but I am very happy to be here. Um, We want to make a couple of announcements, and then we'll get into what I feel the Lord has laid upon my heart for us to discuss. First of all, don't forget that our seminar for the Saints Network is rapidly approaching. It is in September 14th through 18th. It is going to be broadcast, but it is going to be an on-site gathering. And so to those of you who are wanting to come and be here, it's called the Feast. I believe that it is ordered of the Lord. We would love to have you here. And we would hope that within the coming days, we will have a capacity for you to register online. But that doesn't preclude you from preparing to come. I would also ask for our Saints Network to agree that this Delta variant would, uh, would not hinder or create any kind of obstacle for those willing and desiring to come. We've had some battles, and this is not really an issue, with uh, here in Texas where the governor said, we're not going to have restrictions on people. Uh, big Tex, the county commissioner judge here said that we were going to forego that order and put mask mandates everywhere which i didn't really notice a whole lot of places that were honoring that but the texas supreme court overruled the city and the county and said that the governor's word stands so that's where we are Uh, we are believing that this variant will as quickly as it has risen go away and it will go away soon and and another one will not come in. This is just absolutely unacceptable. And for some who say, well, this is just all blown by the media. This brings me to my next prayer request. Uh, Our dear brother Winford Collins, you know, Winford and Cece are part of this house and certainly a part of a beloved part of our network. Is not everybody in our network beloved? Well, you can decide that for yourself. But these people are beloved. And Winford suffered a stroke on uh, Sunday evening. Uh, he is needing prayer. We're believing God for a miracle of restoration. Uh, he is having some measures of of uh, issue on his right side, and that's affecting his ability to walk. He's weak, weakened. We don't proclaim that over him. We're just reading the box score. but We're believing for a complete, a complete restoration and strength for CeCe. And please be in prayer for that. But her story about what they encountered going to hospitals here in Texas and because of the overflow of COVID patients, they were not able to get a room. Uh, it, it's just astounding to me. And of course, you've got hundreds of thousands of people coming across our border, many of whom are testing positive for every possible variant of COVID. And they're just, many of them just being put on trucks or planes and scattered around our country. It's insane, but that's what's there. But we're believing that God is going to somehow arise and stop this. We have work to do for the kingdom. We don't need to have travel restrictions. We're reaching out in just about every way we can across the internet, and that is a godsend. We're grateful for it, but we need to be going, and saints need to be going, and we don't need to have travel restrictions. Now, it's one thing to say, well, bless God, I'm going anyway. Well, I could get on a plane and perhaps go to France and then be quarantined for two weeks. I mean, how's that going to work? It's just not going to work. You know, we could go to England and be red zoned. How's that going to work? We could go to Brazil and then when we try to come back in our country, be quarantined. I'm not interested in that. So we need to have these restrictions gone. And the way we do that is to break this cycle of variance, which is very much being mobilized by human stupidity and our enemy. And so let's pray. That. Um, this variant goes away. Let's continue to believe. For anyone in our network. Who's struggling with COVID right now. And may God. Totally strengthen and redeem you. Let's believe for Winford. For there to be a restoration. In his body. And for protection over he and. And CC. And that's what we need to be praying for, as well as praying diversities of tongues every day. If the Lord prophetically gives you something, make that declaration in prosuke, and let's be active as intercessors, but tangibly as a conglomeration of saints, let's agree as these two things that I've just mentioned. Um, May God bless you all, and may he keep all of you healthy and well. I proclaim that over you strength and encouragement, and um, we're just believing for that. I'm very grateful for health and strength and for the provision of the Lord. He's been so good to us, and he continues to be good. But may God bless all of his saints. I know that probably all of you have been watching the unsettling events that are happening in the nation of Afghanistan right now and I am going to forego my opinions on the idiocy of the approach our nation took Uh, but what we have is what we have and I think that when we look at what ha- is happening in Afghanistan, there are some lessons for us as saints. On the one hand, the opposition, the, the Mujahideen that are taking over the country now, they had a very interesting viewpoint. That has been enunciated for anybody who's been listening. They have seen world power after world power, not just Russia and the United States, but the, the the British were involved in it in the past couple of centuries and other nations. And they just have a mentality that we believe in this particular thing and we're going to... We're going to take a stand against those who come in from outside our country. But we're just going to wait. We're going to, we're just, we recognize that time is is our friend here. And eventually, these people will get tired and they'll go away. And we will resume what it is that we want to do now whether that's good i don't believe it's a, a wholesome mindset of their ideologies but that's what they did and it has it has really done a job i mean we thought we could go in there and nation build which is which it was not really reading the country and the people that well it had some effect but you know, Afghanistan is basically um, historically made up of a number of different tribal influences in different parts of the country, and, um, and they, they, I'm sure that many of them were not aware or had a care of what was going on in Kabul or in Bagram or wherever, and so that's why it was so easy for the people who are con- currently controlling the country to be able to go and convince these different tribal groups to, in these different regions to surrender and they made a rapid appeal but it's just built into their mindset these outsiders are going to come they're going to get tired and go then we'll become what we were I don't like that but it is what it is and and I, I think that in some ways that is an enemy mentality because the enemy has been around for a very long time humans were on this earth for a short while and while the enemy tries every way he can to disrupt partnership with God amongst the humans he tries to slow down and hinder in every way he can visitations from God among humans but in his wicked mindset, he recognizes that we just wake this out and keep a base of people that are just heathen. Whoever these revivalists, whoever these, uh, these groups who are believing God is going to do this or that, I'm not saying that nothing happens by those influences or those visitations but I believe the enemy just watches and he says I'm just gonna wait him out and you know our country went in for the into Afghanistan with the idea of destroying Al Qaeda (laughs) well that didn't happen and getting Osama bin Laden we finally found him in Pakistan and that was the main goal and we've had We've had uh, a lot of other aspirations since then, but nation building—those people just waited us out, and it's a sad thing to see. It's humiliating. It's embarrassing. It's—it's it's, in some ways you feel ashamed that we made promises, which we probably shouldn't have made in a lot of ways, and then we didn't keep them, and. Uh, I, I feel badly for what's going to come. Uh, the, uh, that place is going to be a hotbed of activity again in the demonic realm. And there will be, uh, the enemy will use this in some way to try to foment what the Bible says is going to happen in the end times. Now, some of you have probably looked in the scripture. Afghanistan is not mentioned there. During the biblical days, the people were known as the Pashan, P-A-S-H-U-N in English. and But they were not really that notable in any way, shape, or form. But um, I think that these events are going to provide a base from which some evil things that are prophesied in the Bible will gain momentum and will will go. China and their ancient war uh, enemy Russia is going to do everything they can to go in and assert their influence, gain riches from the from the land, uh, and take the American technology that was left. And corrupted, even though I'm pretty much sure that they already knew what we had. But um, they will—they will help to insert their anti-Western viewpoints. And I think—I think we as saints are going to be dealing with the results of this in the spirit realm in the future. But that's not really the topic of the day. I I, I think that for us as saints, we need to view what we're doing from the standpoint of the timelessness of God. I think we even look at our country. We even look at some of the ways our network has received hits. Um, What we really, what is our agenda? What is the agenda of the saints Well, first of all, it is to be sons before God, to be intercessors before God, to be people who pray in diversities of tongues and are on our face before God, hearing what He would say, mining the deep riches of the living Word of God, and applying what God through his spirit shows us. And then to be willing to connect and encourage other people who want that same thing. Without those things that I just mentioned, the Saints Network is nothing. Now, those others that come, and they have come, in many places around the world I mean many places and it's growing our agenda from the Lord is to pattern what he's shown in his word and to try to encourage and instill people in those indigenous pockets where God has planted them to raise up as intercessors and to be welcoming the kingdom, welcoming the intent of the throne of God, wherever it is that they are. Now, this is just a nutshell thing, but we were never supposed to be a denomination. We were never supposed to be, I was never supposed to be the pastor of all the Saints Network. I'm not the big brother I'm not the one that comes riding in on a white horse or any of the other pastors to hear your, your challenges and, and bail you out of them. We can encourage, but it's kind of like what Elijah said, follow. It's kind of like what Paul said, follow. It's kind of like what Jesus said, leave everything you have and Follow. And that's what we are, but we are to remain constant in our devotion as saints and as sons and His intercessors. And, And I think that that is, I know that that is what God made us to be, and that's what we're supposed to continue to be. And that's how God is spreading this identity and message and teaching throughout the world. Anybody in the nations that wants us to come and be their sugar daddy from America with money, that ain't working. God has seen to it that we're not daddy warbucks. Those billions of nation building, the government has seen fit to give us any of that to build the saints nation. So anybody that says, well, we're in this country or in this country, and if we align with these people in the United States, they'll pay us, uh-uh. That's not what we're supposed to be. Um, Jesus said, when you go, don't take scrip or coin. Don't do it. And that's still what he means. People have to have a hunger for God, and they have to want they to take hold of the hem of the garment and say, we will worship with you that's it that's it and some people misread that they they grew tired of that or they saw perhaps other things that were more appealing more of a more of a uh, a platform for their aspirations and i bless them but That was never what we were supposed to be, and it's not what we are. So we have to recognize that we are part of the timetable of God. What we sow and what we do now is being instilled in tribes around the world. And that has to stay strong no matter what happens. No matter if the enemy comes in, which the Bible says he does at times, no matter if the antichrist arises and the antichrist is already moving about we have to be so secure that we're not blown off course this pandemic has been a challenge for people but really it it's how could how could this cause people to to just lose their faith in God and lose their desire to seek him if this did it But talk about Gideon's army. I mean, you know, he kept whittling it down. God kept whittling it down. Went from a big number to 10,000 to 300. And the last ones were ones who stood battle-ready, who cupped up water and lapped it out of their hand. Anybody that got on their knees and bent down, that really showed that it wasn't a modified proscuneo by any stretch. It was that they were wanting to be comfortable. I'm not faulting any of these people, but the guys that, uh, that got the water in their hands and stood battle-ready, though, that 300 was was what God could use for his visitation, and I truly believe that this past year has done a lot. Before There is a great breakthrough on the way. It's happening, there are going to be visitations, miracles, unlike anything we've ever seen, but it's going to be based upon those who have gone through this last time frame and have not abandoned post, have not given up, and if you're one of those who was wavering, I'm not damning you. I'm saying what Jesus said to the, to the church in, in Ephesus, get back to your first love what Jesus said to the church in Laodicea. Recognize that you need a new covering and you need to hear me again and move. We're still in a period where God is weighing his people and he loves everybody, but we are not a denomination and I am not your pastor. You have to stand you have this was been our message from day 1 people who came to us and, and to our saints network not just to us here in Dallas came because God was putting a hunger in their heart now some of them came because they wanted to hear about angels some of them came because they wanted hands laid on them and to get the uh, the, the goosebumps and i don't fault that i've laid hands on people i've had hands laid on me i know what that feels like But the ones who stayed were willing to take a stand and to seek God on their own. That's what we provide for people. We provide a a connection for people around the world. We can pray together. We can encourage one another. But we're not your sugar daddy. We're not a denomination. We We are a people who seek God where we are, and welcome the kingdom. We, we share what God is showing from his word regarding our mission, and we eat that spiritual meat together. That's what we are. And if people want something else, if it's not flashy enough, if it's not being heralded in mega churches or places around uh, the big internet conventions, I can't answer that we're not trying to compete with that. That was never our calling. And um, yeah, it, it, it troubles me when, when I see like what Paul wrote about Demas forsaking him, having loved this present world that had to trouble Paul, but we keep going on. We keep going forward and God is using this time. I feel like it's very similar to Gideon's troops at the water. Are we staying battle ready? Yes, we're drinking. Yes, the Lord is providing for us. But are we staying battle ready? Or have we gotten lazy? Have we have we uh, surrendered? It's just too much. That that will destroy any movement. And and we can't let our mission for God and our partnership with him be abandoned. And so I I know that God is moving. I know that great things are coming, um, and I know that we're on the doorstep of it, but this period of time is is God coming in as Jesus stood at the door and knocked. He's about to unlock the the commune and the functionality of his doors, and that's because people have stood faithfully in the gates, and um but he's, he's sitting at the table with us, and he's supping with us, and he's dealing with situations that are perhaps iniquitous. Why are they iniquitous? That, you know, what is the bitter sop for? It's to prepare us for what's coming. It is for God to reveal areas where we are vulnerable. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's bitterness. Maybe it's um, you know, some area where we have felt wounded, or people aren't stroking us the way we want them to. And and Jesus is wanting to deal with those things right now. But for the doors to function, he's got to have you at the ready, or success will collapse you. Does that make sense? It, it does to me. Do I like it? Well, I like it in the sense that it's God's way. I like it in the sense that I've had to submit to it, and I'm glad to have. Do I like it in the sense that I know it's happening and some people are being taken out? No, I don't like that at all. But it's God's way. I I, I really I really think that, um, we are in a in a chosen moment by God, and it's a glorious thing, and we have to recognize that our world darkness and gross darkness is everywhere if we somehow thought that we were going to change the world if we thought we were going to nation build and, uh, and some kind of a, uh, uh, a modified kingdom now was going to happen we were most deceived but if we think I'm going to welcome the kingdom where God has sent me, and I'm going to teach and stand alongside those who are going to stand for the Lord. And that's happening around the world. Well, it is happening. It's happening in miraculous ways. You know, I'm grateful for the mobilization of what God is doing in Europe right now. There are significant things happening right now. They may not be by the thousands, some of you in Europe, just look at your life. Look how God is changing and repositioning and doing things. That's God. Brazil is is hungry and moving powerfully. You know, every week I have the privilege of meeting with Yawali and and with Pastor Anna, and she is growing by leaps and bounds in her ability to to serve as a translator, knowing the message and translating. That is invaluable. She's also growing because she's almost about to give birth, but that's another topic. Um, there's a brother, Pastor Abilio, who is the head of, of uh, the group, the, the many, almost a hundred churches, I think, that were wanting to host us at a convention center, and that had to be canceled because of the pandemic. But he has asked for a weekly message that he can broadcast to all these pastors. That's hunger. That's hunger. And there are many other things that God is doing, but right now we're being submitted before the Lord. And it's time for us to be willing to lay things down and to go forward into the new. And that's really what's happening. There is breakthrough. There are visitations of His Spirit, God's Spirit, that are upon us. And we just need to let God do what He's trying to do in each of us and stay committed where we are. Now, let's talk... Let's just talk about this for a minute, okay? Because... And it's good for us to have this discussion as saints. I was here when it began, or what happened here began. And, and I I remember what God put in my heart to pray for. And you've heard the testimony. This is what the Spirit put in my heart. There was a hunger in me. I thought initially that it was what a pastor feels when God's going to move them to another church, which is what most pastors do. They skip and hop around trying to get into bigger places. Many of them do. That's just the MO. Uh, It's not a criticism. It's just trying to describe what a horse does. I'm not criticizing the horse. I'm just saying that's what they do. So I begin to pray. And uh, this... Uh, everything was going great here, but I thought, Lord, there's more. Uh, I didn't say that, but I just said, I want to be what you want, and then God did what he did, and the only thing we wanted to do was to pray, and God gave us diversities of tongues. We were on our face. God showed us in his scripture where those things were, what they meant, but we prayed for a long time, years, and we kept learning, and we kept being used of God in intercession. Many people today look back and they say, oh, I lament those early days with the way the Spirit was, and you know, that was a honeymoon period that was a visitation from god and if you look in the scriptures you find those same patterns does god leave us no he is here in his fullness but anybody who thought because we're not all laying hands on each other all the time and getting knocked out in the spirit with that and you know anybody who has to have that to survive you need to grow up I'm just being honest with you because that was a honeymoon period and we still see that visitation when we go places and we lay hands on people and God moves with them and what the, the scripture says that like in Cornelius he God came upon them as he did in us at the beginning that's a great thing it's a wonderful thing but God did that, so that we would be imparted to, and that so that we would then make disciples, to keep on doing the things that brought us to that point, to understand scripturally what those things are, and to um, to go forward. So that's what the Saints Network is. We are we are not a Holy Ghost hoedown. We are not. Um, how, do we want visitations from God? Yes, and they are happening. There, God is doing wonderful things. But anybody who wants that initial, let's just let's just be babies in this. God doesn't want that. You know, babies get a lot of attention in the NICU. They get a a lot of attention in in. Um, in, in when they first come home, and parents are always hovering over the crib. Oh, I don't want, I, what am I doing? Am I doing something wrong? And that happens. But then I watch babies grow, and I, I see my granddaughters going back to school um, tomorrow. And mommy or daddy are going to pull up to the door, and the kids are going to go out, and they're going to have to go in and do work and they're going to have to do homework and they're going to have to they're going to have to deal with other kids not being what they should be and you know teachers that are going to expect them to to behave in a certain way that's just the way life is oh i wish i could just go back mommy mommy help me that's not life You're supposed to be a child and a servant and heir and a joint heir and you're supposed to be in that progression in God and that's what the saints embody. So we we are a people that is seeing the fruits of that existence and God is causing us to be able to reach out to the nations, and God is building his kingdom as saints in that way. But the world is dark. I was listening to a program this morning, um, and um, Bill O'Reilly was talking about uh, Christianity in our nation, and he was read, don't ask me what this report was. I don't know what it was, but I trust that what he's saying is an accurate poll that went out. He said that over half the people polled here in a cross-section of the United States did not know what the first book in the Bible is. He said that a similar percentage could not name... The first four books of the New Testament, the Gospels, and we know that the the this nation is is not really a godly nation anymore. Um, the, it used to be uh, devoted to going to church. Not everybody did, and the word of god but even even churches today many of them don't believe in the word of god there is a concerted effort to not only dispute the validity of the word but to just absolutely trash it and the internet has become the bible for for most americans and you know how wicked that can be and so One of the things that I'm going to share during our seminar is a number of quotes from academia, Christian academia, quote-unquote Christian, and what's really believed in the progressive church about the Word of God and about people who believe in the Word of God. And it's a fascinating thing, and we have to know that this is the base of what they're believing and there is just absolute disdain for evangelicals for revivals in our past and they speak about it they detail it and they they're rejoicing now that they're that they believe that that mentality is is gone and that people can do away with a belief in god and and um, certainly get rid of that Bible. Satan has always hated the Word. And so we're going to talk about that just for a brief part of one of the sessions. But you need to know it. And if you don't know it, you hear these progressive people talk about how the Word isn't trusted and it's awful. I heard all those arguments. I I, I studied them. and But they're they're, they're not willing to believe the word, but they're sure willing to believe the, the craziness that's being taught by a lot of different people that they're holding as gospel. Um, but if we think that this nation is going to become a righteous nation again, we're fools. The scripture tell us what's going to happen. In the days that are coming very soon how can you have people around the world looking at witnesses from God with who are moving in the power of God in incredible ways and who when they think those guys have finally been killed they all rejoice around the world and give presents to one another how, how can you read the things of the scripture and think that that stuff is not growing with equal aplomb across our nation right now. We see it. I, I, I'm, and I'm not saying doom and gloom, but what I'm saying is, gain a perspective, folks. A godly perspective, and and I would also say, what good does it do to argue with them? What good does it do to to try to correct their miscreant thinking they already think that you're a neanderthal our president said that about the good people of texas they already think that you are that you are just idiotic in your viewpoints they write about it they teach it and that's just what's coming against the word What we need is for saints and intercessors to recognize that your strength is by interceding, being faithful to the Word, standing alongside those who are willing to stand in that way, to make disciples of the nations, because the night is coming when no man is going to be able to work. And... That's our perspective. It doesn't mean we curse America. It doesn't mean I love America. I'm heartbroken over what I see our country becoming. But I'm not anti-American. And I'm not advocating that we take up arms and go and attack. That would be ludicrous. That's what the left is largely trying to say. You know, do you realize that what we believe is the number one terrorist threat in the United States according to so many who have the podium right now so we're not we're not going to change that no matter how good our argument is or how incensed we are our mission is to pray our mission is to do exploits for the kingdom our mission is to know his word and to stay current with it. And I'm not talking about every crazy doctrine that's blowing in the wind. I'm saying know the Word. Know the pneumatikos meat. I, I I've don't. i never understood how somebody could say, oh, yes, that's in the Scripture, but I, I'm not going to study that anymore. I'm not going to focus on that. You know, the world doesn't understand that. So let's embrace this other nonsense that they're all hyped up about. How can you dismiss the Scripture? We used to be uh, criticized when we would write materials and people would say, oh, there's no emotion in it, there's there's no, you know, I can't, it's not just a sit down by the fire reading, it's, it's just too much scripture, it's too much this, too much that. Well, that's the only thing that's not going to go away. You hide that in your heart. And for somebody to say, well, well, the easy way to dismiss the word and the studies that God has given us is to say, we don't believe the word. And that's what's being said. But anyway, the point is that we need to get a proper perspective here. We will wear ourselves out arguing. We need to give that passion back to God. And recognize that this world is going to hell. <laughs> Read the book of Revelation. Read the book of Daniel. I'm not damning anybody. I'm just saying that's what's happening, and that's what's going to happen. We need to be a people who are committed to our Heavenly Father, and who pray, and who become saints, and who stand. When, it, it, when you've done all to stand, you stand and you know the Scripture, and you stay current with the Word. We may not understand everything that's going on, but like Job said, though it seems like we're being slain, yet will I trust him. Job's end result turned out pretty well, but we're serving our Father. The joy that is set before us is our strength. And yeah, I'll still believe for Uh, righteous, well, I don't want to say righteous, because that's for voices that are trying to stand for what is good and wholesome in America. I'll still say, watch who you're voting for. I'll still say, let's pray for those in leadership. We need that. We need that. But tomorrow, I'm pretty sure on Wednesday Night Live, I'm going to be speaking about a specific aspect of the end times and where I see we as saints fit. I'm not going to be going down the saints roster of verses, but we're going to be talking about how important it is for us to pray and to partner with God in holding back what the enemy's trying to do on the basis of God's timetable. And at the same time, praying for the mysteries of God which is what we pray when we pray in the spirit that's what the scripture says that they will be meticulously and systematically fulfilled and implemented that's where we are God still looks for an intercessor and I I'm I'm just I'm just committed to that so if you want more end timey teaching look for that tomorrow but um, I'm I'm so I'm so encouraged by what God said we should be doing in this coming seminar, the feast, where He gathers us together, and we have a holy convocation. That was that was the main thing that God said this gathering is for. And I believe that for those who are here and for those who are sincerely committing yourself to join with the saints during that time. I would advocate that if you can't be here, that you don't just go about your daily business and um, grab an archive whenever you can, and two months later you, you may have listened to a third of what's being said take this seriously you know when Jesus talked about when you fast uh, in in the fast of meekness in Isaiah 58 he said you go to the day of the fast but you just go on doing your own business and you seek after your own pleasure look this is a significant God moment and if you can't be here and I understand that some are prohibited from being here because of travel restrictions but some of you have, I don't know what's going on, but you have elected that at this time God doesn't want you to come. Well, I have—I can't fault that. How can you trump God told me? You just can't. But I'm telling you what God is telling you. If you consider yourself to be a saint, you better take this seriously. Because this is a commissioning moment. And you better do whatever you can to set aside time every day to know what's going on amongst the saints during that time frame. It's about as hard as you're going to hear good old Papa Ron speak to you. But you better pay attention to it. And because this is something that God has said. And in the dozens of seminars we've had, I have never said that to people. I've encouraged people to stay current. We're making it live streamed, available. It's on archive for you. And and I've encouraged you, but I've never said it in this way. I believe seriously about this time frame. And I believe God's going to cover everybody here. I believe we're going to walk in health and in strength and life. But this is a God moment. So whether you're wherever it is you're planted or whether you're here in Dallas take this seriously for your life and your ministry but i i am follow us as saints as we follow christ i'm not your mentor i'm not your daddy i'm not your bosom buddy we are going forth to make disciples in the nations and you have to stand where you're called to stand the enemy doesn't want you there the world doesn't want you there do you want to be there that's the question that's why god touched you that's why god changed you and he didn't change you so that you could get lukewarm and then go looking for some other change this is a this is a once delivered to the saints ministry the enemy thinks he can wait us out. The enemy thinks he can he can just bide his time, and some will die, some will get weary, some will become jealous or envious and go after another path, some will be deceived, some will just get tired of doing it and stop. You know, I was listening to a panel speak about. Um, what the United States has done over the past twenty years in in uh, Afghanistan, and and those three points were said. I believe Kay, Trey Gowdy said this, a former um, congressman. He said people either got tired, or they felt that we we had uh, done enough, or they just desired to, 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 desired to be done with it and to scrap it. You know, I was wondering, we we as the United States, I don't know how much the British left over there, but we left, from what I understand, I'm not there, but I heard several military analysts say that we left planes, we left drones, we left Black Hawk helicopters, we left tanks, we left, I don't know how many Humvees, We left uh, armaments, we left uh, lots of different types of weapons, we just left them. And what's happening? The Taliban is taking them. Some of them will be sold for a hefty profit, but they will all be used in some way that Uncle Sam or the Queen didn't intend for them to be used. And I wonder about the giftings and callings of God that are without repentance. I remember one time I was at a conference with a number of people from our seminar from our church here and we had gone to North Carolina to be part of a Morning Star gathering. This was early on. And we were trying to glean from their prophetic worship. That's what the seminar was about or their gathering. I don't forget what they called it. But we were trying to learn how to become people that should seek the Lord prophetically in worship. And I remember there was one time when uh, they were praying for people so that they could step into an intended role that God had for them. I mean, it was a noble thing. It wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a, uh, oh, let me feel the quiver, I've never felt anything like that before kind of thing. It was a, it was a real sincere desire to receive what God was communicating in that particular session. And I remember being off to the side praying as, you know, people were being prayed for and things were being released. And suddenly I saw what looked like, what, what we would talk about as being mantles, but it wasn't made of cloth, it was, they, they were from the Lord, I think they were spiritual, um, they were obviously spiritual in nature that I was seeing, and they were different colors and different intricacies, and I knew that this was a spiritual representation of a physical mantle. And these were just kind of raining down, very selectively, and they would find their place on people. They would come upon the shoulders, and I I could see them kind of then kind of uh, I don't know what the good a good word I don't want to trivialize this, but they would kind of dissolve into the person. But then I saw that this and the several of them fall on the person's shoulder and then they just fall on the floor. And, and when the session was over and people were milling about, I just sat there and I was looking and I saw lots of these really beautiful, glowing things laying on the floor. And I thought, Lord, that's a travesty. Some of these folks, bless their heart, for whatever reason, didn't receive it. And I, don't, I'm, I'm, I could probably try to qualify what that meant, but I, that's not my point for today. My point for this discussion is that I asked the Lord, "What's going to become of those? What, what, what is what is that?" And I didn't. I did not hear an audible voice, but I heard. I felt the Lord say, "Someone." will step into that. And I said, Father, for those that don't step into it during this gathering, can we have those? Can you trust us to take those back and release them for whatever purpose you have ordained? And I felt the Lord agree to that. And when we left, the last day we were there, I got there early, and I was walking around the room, and I had this conversation with the Lord. I said, Father, I just asked that you would just put them into the treasure that you are going to be using. And at that point, it was just our church. We didn't know anybody else, so I didn't know whether it was going to be given to people in my church or not. But I felt that desire of the Lord, and I wonder about people who abandon their callings. They abandon, you know, the gift, of, gifts and callings of the Lord, are without repentance. But there are tangible, there are tangible weapons. And there are tangible callings that are not received. There are there are tangible um, capacities that the enemy would like to at least get to observe. You know, remember the story of him getting the Ark of the Covenant, and he wanted that, or he wanted the body of Moses, and Michael contested contended with the enemy about it. Uh, there, sometimes the enemy can get people who were walking in the power of the world to come which is what Hebrews speaks about um, and gets them to turn I, I know that somehow the enemy is interested in those people because of the capacities that God has given them and when I see Bagram Air Force Base and, and I think all of those millions of dollars worth of equipment that were intended for something else that now the enemy is going to get to use it, it grieves me as an American It grieves me for the damage that's going to cause but I wonder spiritually so will you go before the Lord and say father I repent or any way that I've been not utilizing what you've given to me in my callings, which are distinct before you, and any measure of spiritual gifting or weapon that you've given or understanding or capacity, forgive me for not using that properly. And I would invite you to submit that to him again and, and I believe that there are other things that God is giving for the days ahead. We've been talking about that recently from the Scripture. You need to be willing to, to, to bow the knee and receive those impartations from God that you need for what's coming. See, even the general church reads over the full armor of God. And I don't know what you think when you're reading it. You don't think we're supposed to be doing any spiritual warfare. You don't believe that any of those things are true. At the, at the most, you think they're poetic. And I and that's dangerous. That's a dangerous thing. To disregard specific things that the Scripture tells us are there. If you're to put on the full armor of God, it doesn't say meditate on this capacity and believe that somehow the the, uh, the conveyance of what this represents would be yours. No, it's says put it on. <laughs> put it on. And so, I don't want any gifting that God has given us to lay dormant. I don't want them to be laying aside for the enemy to be able to utilize. I remember, I, I'm looking at the time here, I remember one time we had a swath of people who left and it this was every time people leave it's painful but there there were some people in this particular group that had been used by God in mighty ways and I remember a few months after this group left I was praying in the sanctuary and the Lord brought these people up, which he does regularly, and I have had to speak blessing over them. I've had to speak. It's almost like the Spirit tests me to see my reaction and what I'm going to do, what I'm going to say, what I'm how I'm going to react. But at the time, there were two people that I knew uh, that the Spirit just let me see that they had been That wasn't just their unique gifting or calling that was for them as an individual, inherently. But that they had been given things that were supposed to be used by our house here. And they shouldn't have taken them away. They shouldn't have been dormant. And so I asked the Lord specifically for both of those to be returned. However God wanted to do it, whether he just wanted to lift it. I don't think they were wearing it still. It was somewhere. I didn't see it. But whether the angels would go and get it and bring it or or however. But there's a difference between what God gives us as individuals that we're supposed to do and weapons of our warfare which are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Those are battlefield accoutrements. Those are things that Are there and can the enemy use those? Well, I don't know how he does it, but if for no other reason he can stop them from being used for the kingdom's sake, yeah he's using them. But we need to know and have a perspective that what God is doing is important. And what is he calling us to be as saints? Be that. Now, regarding Afghanistan, um, I just think prophetically that it it is going to be an amalgam there's a lot of ISIS and Al-Qaeda fighters that were released from prison others will start going there almost like that, that goofy ISIS caliphate that they had in Syria and, and in parts of Iraq that we had to go in and destroy from that they were attacking Paris and Brussels and doing other things I think that this this nest there in Afghanistan. Yeah, there are some people that are rising up and are going to be fighting against it. We bless however God wants to use them. You can pray for Christians, you can pray for women and girls. Be led of the spirit, but don't let that don't let your emotions dominate what you're praying. But I think as far as the end time, you don't find that place referenced in any of the end time scriptures. You don't. I studied it some yesterday as I prayed. Uh, I even just did a quick search of what all the prophets are saying and every one of them I read believe me if they could find some symbolism there and market it they would but they're all saying we can't find anything so what what does that mean? it's going to be a base of some sort from which other things are going to be concocted and it will manifest in different parts of the world I hate to say it but that's what it is. So how do we pray about that? Well, I think we try to be the best we're supposed to be. We welcome the kingdom to where we are. We listen to what the Father is saying for us to do and for we should not be reactionary. Saints should not be reactionary. They should be progressive in their prosuke before the Lord. They should be confident in what they're doing, that that's the main thing. The headlines are not the main thing that's happening in the spirit realm. You realize that? Do you realize that? So we can be aware, we can improvise, but our main mission is clear, and we need to be that. We may not understand all that God is allowing to happen. Who can? But we can know what our job is to do and to welcome the kingdom where we are and to come together as God's saints at times that God says you need to come together. During that time, our focus is sharpened and God gives fresh measures of impartation. Right now, he's dealing with us as individuals. Be absolutely on target with that. But during this coming gathering, know that it's very important to God and it's important to you. It's important to our mission as saints. It's important to the world. Mostly it's important to the kingdom and our Father. So let's take this seriously. But I do say, just to reiterate, Pray that whatever God is needing to do there in Afghanistan will be done. Try to separate yourself from an American and the nonsense that we saw and how embarrassed we are as a government and as a country in the eyes of the world and how their enemies are mocking us. Try to separate yourself from that if you can. Cleanse yourself with the blood and go into the temple and pray and ask God to use your prayer for whatever it is that he's wanting to do in that and through that place and then keep yourself pure so that when you go before the Lord it's not emotion and it's not intellectual and it's not any other way come before the Lord in spirit and truth spend quality time with him and get yourself ready And then secondly, and I close with this, keep that perspective. You look at what's going on, forget about Afghanistan, look what's going on in our country. Don't let yourself be troubled. Be be not troubled, neither be dismayed. Believe that God is in control, and in the midst of that darkness, You are preparing the wick. You are preparing the lamp for the kingdom to come and the light of God to be manifested. Darkness upon the earth, gross darkness the people, my light shine upon you. Focus on that light, will you? Don't be like the five foolish virgins. Be like the five who were devoted, and God will use us. Okay, we went over time. But really, those of you who listen at double time speed, it doesn't matter to you. Thanks for joining. We'll look forward to tomorrow, Wednesday Night Live. And until that time, God bless you all. And I mean that. That's just not speak. I mean that. May God bless his saints.